Now's the time to tell tales of the unaccountable. Zambi, what do you fear? What do you fear? Consider you find someone mummified. I already like this story. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We just need you to hunt the giant owl. He just looks too suave to be Dracula. <laughs> too suave to be Dracula. Remember, you are bringing her back to life, so there is that. You got that to pony up on. Be afraid. Be marginally afraid. Welcome to Pulp Nightmare. I'm Mike. I'm MB. And I'm Hero. It's um, It's been a while. Yeah, I I don't know what really happened. Um, I think we started I, the last one with "It's been a while." By the way, oh. yeah, yeah. I entitled to blame you. You should. Um, I mean, uh, we uh, we had a lot of backlog commentaries to. I mean, we went through pitches for episode ideas. Like, um, we were going to go into a whole thing about the Mormon religion. Yeah, J.J. Uh, Abrams came in for a while. Was going, you know. Uh, write a couple episodes, but yeah, but but the recorder actually malfunctioned. Yeah, um, great stuff though. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. You'll never hear any of it. Yeah, Matthew Fox was there. He beat a woman. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, hero was in the corner crying. It was that was unrelated. Yeah. Yeah, hero just when we turned the recorder on, hero was already crying for yeah reasons he is yet to explain, and we don't have any interest in asking. So. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, that's my business. I mean, yeah, so it's it's yeah we I don't you know keep it to yourself, man. But um, <clears throat> I mean I can tell you if you want to know. No, um, <laughs> I mean, it's really a fascinating story. No, no, it's I, a, an epic ever... tale of sorrow, regret, and eventually redemption. All right, go ahead, tell it. He doesn't want to. What's up? Oh, gun shy there. <laughs> anyway, can we go do a commercial? <laughs> there are no commercials on Pulp Nightmare. Got the fucking commercial. <laughs> Just cut to see Alice. Um, there's a Pulp Nightmare. A Pulp Nightmare uh, emergency banner. It's like flex. It's Kinnison, like behind the camera. Technical difficulties. <laughs> but um, it's it's been like how long has it been since we recorded? Like we several several weeks. Yeah, we had a shit ton of backlog commentaries we've had for like months and months and months. We're trying to get through, so that was just like a it replaced the new episode of Pulp Nightmare for a while. Just commentaries. Also, we did commentaries though- for the entire run of Night Court. <laughs> it was a hell of a thing. Yeah, but also it, it was it's weird because it's like us doing that, even though you still edited those technically and put them up and put just as much work as you would into any episode of Pulp Nightmare, it still felt like we were being lazy. It was. I mean, we. I mean, there was some re- other reason for why we were recording. I mean, just busy with some other stuff and we had the backlog stuff, so it just helped free up time. Yeah. Without having to, well, you know, do. What episodes. we're saying is, we have no excuse. You know what I mean? I'm trying to make us look professional here. I, why start now? G- give us one chance, man. One chance for... I don't even know anymore. Uh, uh, Cut the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, 
so I hope you've been enjoying the commentaries. Yeah, still, I know I have. I actually have commentaries. I do go back and listen to for some reason. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, so we'll probably we're getting like back to a regular schedule after all those are kind of they've been exhausted. So we can kind of just go back to at least the normally and we'll catch up. Yeah, but yeah, we're not prom- we're not promising quantity. We're promising uh, quality. Wow, I messed that up. Quantity, uh, not quality. To, to be fair, we're not promising anything. Yeah, that's true. D- just don't take everything we say for granted. Yeah, fuck you. Wow, that was not a good thing to say to the audience. My God, we we've been away for too long. Yeah, uh, we're rusty. up unsubscribes. Rusty. <laughs> God damn you, Philip. We're rusty. <laughs> Why, Philip? God damn it! I just start sling my wrists. Philip. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, good commentaries too, but recorded quite a while ago for the most part, except for stuff like uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. That's but, very uh, weird listening to those old commentaries when they're only recently posted. It's like I barely recognize that person. In Shorty, I want to warn him. In Shorty House Massacre, we talk about uh, the guy who played. I think Sherman Hemsley had just died, like that day. So it's like that's super dated. Uh, I think I mean, I'm like six months old or something. They talk about gonna... Osama bin Laden dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we had to. We finally kind of caught up on that for yeah. for now. So it, it was a harrowing experience. Yeah, so it was a good way to get all those out. But uh, that's business. Business is out of the way now. Old business is old business. New business is new business. And be- Dirty pool. I like it. <laughs> um, so before we get into the stupid, stupid thing I have planned. Uh, Hero- it is stupid. Trust it's us. Incredibly. Um, Hero brought actual content, which none of us could muster. So you can't hear that, but content was in quotes. <laughs> I mean, as you know, honestly, like it's kind of sad when you think about it because, like, we've been not doing this for weeks. You'd think we could figure out like something to talk about, but no. You know, I've been busy. What was your excuse? I've been Batman. You've been We've all been Batman, MB. One Not time like of our lives. Not like me. Anyway, Hero, and, take it away. Sorry to interrupt. I just want to point out that I got the mental image of MB leaving his job and just leaving a sign that says Batman. <laughs> it's like his gone fishing. <laughs> gone Batman. Starring Joe Pesci and Danny Glover. I can see. And the night, Gus. Yes, I remember that movie. That's yeah, that's a hell of a thing. Anyway, hero, your story. Well, this is something that actually happened a long while back. Uh, my sister had moved into a new house, and the previous tenants had left behind a bunch of shit. I just it's Alabama, so it's actually shit. It took us weeks to shovel it all out. It was all dry. And we're living like animals, Mike. Muskrats, as far as the eye can see. But uh, there's old DVDs, old books, and stuff like that. My sister gave me a little bit of it. And one of the things she gave me is a hardcover book entitled Let Us Make Man, subtitled In Our Own Image. The command intended to bring heaven to earth. Wait, wait, wait. Is this this made ghosts or something? 
It could. Okay. Now the the cover is that text with a black and white painting of two angels cradling the earth. <laughs> that's not that's not right. That's not that's not possible. It's like the, the basketball that they're about to throw into a hoop. It's like a couple of sexy galactuses. Now that I look hey. at it, now that I look at it, it's actually just one angel from a painting, photoshopped out, copied, and then placed over a photo of the Earth. There's still, really there's, cheaply done. There's still like tape there you can see. <laughs> the book's actually made out of wood. It's not even a book. It's just hero's not even holding anything. You're making this up. It's an idea. <laughs> By the way, I like that oh. you're already offended. <laughs> it's easy to be offended, to be fair, with this. The full title is, Let Us Make Man in Our Own Image. I mean, Introduce- the, Earth doesn't, the Earth doesn't want to be touched that way. <laughs> Don't touch, you're forcing yourself on the Earth. <laughs> oh, you're just putting your finger in a volcano. Oh, yeah, you like that Earth? <laughs> Stop it. Leave the Earth alone. <laughs> it's a new planet. The Earth files a lawsuit. <laughs> what has he done to the Earth? The Earth slits it, you know, tries to commit suicide. No, Earth, no. Mars comes in. No. <laughs> it's taken to Aunt Jupiter. <laughs> Earth calls a galactic hotline. Let's, let us make man, subtitle, in our own image, sub-subtitle, introducing a new paradigm arising from a re-examination of the creation, evolution, and responsibilities of a godlike race. Paradigm. Like, is this fight. is this cover, like, like 15 feet tall? Like, how are you going to put all that text on there? Cook for 40 humans. By Dr. E. Galen McCullough. By the way, par- what's Paradigm. And what's always fascinated me about this book is, despite reading the back cover and reading a couple of excerpts, I still have no idea what the fuck it is about. Well, who I mean, just it, read it? I mean, it reads like the fucking guidebook from Beetlejuice. <laughs> like, there are words strung together, but they don't make any sense. I'm going to read aloud the back cover. The discovery of the previously overlooked revelations in Genesis gave rise to this book, its title, and the McCullough theory of divinely engineered creative evolution. The composition and intent of the original colonizing team, the us and our cited in the ninth of ten creative commands, is a mystery that seems to have been ignored. Um, Whether biblical... When we did the box office pulp episode of Prometheus, why did you bring this up? I think about it, I should have. I don't think anyone could have said anything after you said, and I will now take an extra of, from the Poetic Edda. <laughs> well, you should have done it before then, Matt. <laughs> what's our biblical what's, scholars what's there before them? This just sounds are, like Prometheus. Other biblical scholars intentionally glossed over clues in the creation scriptures is a question that begs an answer. So, in keeping with the directive, ask and you shall receive, mysteries surrounding the origin, evolution, and destiny of life throughout the universe are posed to one of God's great angels. During an encounter of the fourth kind, Archangel Metatron offers the reader a fleeting glimpse of the mind of God, which is in 
bold in parentheses. And for the first time, many realize that the image reflected in one's own mirror is that of a lesser angel, experiencing the privileges, responsibilities, and challenges of being human, a requirement for earning its way through the ranks of a celestial hierarchy. Metatron's revelation, unlike that of St. John the Divine, provides hope for people of all races, creeds, and nationalities. The one, revealed in Let Us Make Man, suggests that if mankind, of its own free will, chooses good over evil, <laughs> evil in italics, is, is this heaven on earth will become a reality. The unfinished miracle would be concluded, and the call for Armageddon would be irrelevant. Prophecy 6. Far-fetched? Not in the least. I suggest that you read this book slowly and maybe, maybe even psychotherapeutically, to slumber thoughtfully in a different metaphysical realm. To dream new dreams. <laughs> Professor Brian Costello, Ph.D. Cambridge, Who's Who Neuropsychologist of the Year, 2006. Without let us make men, I would never have gained access to the never world of angels. It gave me the keys to Another the world of angels. How else would I know what they look like? Another world of corn. <laughs> so I'm still confused what the fuck this book's about. I don't know. <laughs> it's all over the place. Why haven't you just read this thing? I don't know if I can. <laughs> okay, you've got to you've got to read like the first page or something. Oh, what I'm gonna do is. Now, I was flipping through it earlier, and I found a couple of past specific passages I want to read, but I'm also just going to flip to it and read random passages. <laughs> this is like our church. The Church of Pulp. Now, first, I will read Preface, the McCullough Theory of Divinely Engineered Creative Evolution. Millions of years after our Adam appeared on the universal stage, man is still sorting through conflicting accounts of creation and evolution. And in quotation, toiling to arrive at a logical explanation for our existence. Though there are many, one of the most perplexing questions facing the human race is, why would a miracle like the making of man have occurred on a small planet? in a far-off corner of a rather insignificant universe, suspended in a seemingly infinite cosmic space. Why, man? Why, uh, How can we be certain that a miraculous event of its kind? What are the chances that we are alone? That entire last paragraph was in parentheses. And in italics. I still understand what the fuck that entire thing was about. Although scholars have attempted to understand how our species originated, not one of us has been able to tell us with any degree of certainty how, why, or when such a miracle occurred. Oh. We only know that it occurred and that by whatever means human beings came to this planet, the chance that it was an accident is unlikely. The creation of man is consistent with the rest of creation. A series of physical and metaphysical events have been involved. And the making of man does not seem to have ended with the hum first human walked upright. The same phenomena that made us in the first place is surely involved in the undeniable ongoing evolution of our species. And that of other godlike races throughout the universe... We don't know how the first man looked or what he thought. 
The scriptures tell us that he was made in the image of God and his angels by a creative team. The us and our team, Genesis 1.26. Why has the participation of beings other than God been ignored? <laughs> Once okay. I discovered that... <laughs> I, I don't understand what the angle of this thing is. <laughs> like... I don't get it. Is he ma- is is he saying? It's like is this an atheist talking? Is this? <laughs> I think like, he's I, trying to say that space aliens created. But, but, it, it, but he's like going back and forth, like like Bible conspiracy. It's space two-faced. aliens, space aliens, and God. Like he's just going over the place. It's atheist two face. <laughs> it was the aliens working for the government, working for God. Once I discovered this previously unrecognized, comma, revelation, comma, I wanted to know more, like who us and our were. That was some curious punctuation. I want to know... A guy named R. I want to know what God looks like? Question mark. (laughs) The fuck? And why you tell me, fearless reader... I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I may or may not want to know what love is. I may, perhaps, want you to show me. <laughs> I want to know if today we look like him. Do we look like God's angels? Is the image that we see in our mirrors out of a newly created class of parentheses lesser angels? Are there others like us on other planets in other universi? Okay, he says universes, but I added that. I, I think it's good. He probably meant it like that. Do we even resemble the firsts of our kind? Our Adam, our Eve, is the making of man finished? All he well, seems to be doing is asking questions. <laughs> Will some future evolved version of humankind more closely resemble our creators, us and our? The fact is, we know very little about the origin of our species, why we inhabit Earth, and even less about our role in the universe and the hierarchical life force that sustains it. Clearly, there has to be more to the creation and evolution of the human race than the world's scientists and theologians have told us. The answers seem to lie both within and beyond the disciplines of science and theology as we know them. Perhaps they lie in dimensions that are yet to be discovered. Or perhaps they have been here all the time, coded in the scriptures, are hidden within the equations of advanced mathematics, waiting to be solved by the curious, highly evolved minds of men and women who recognize and then multiplied the God-given talents awarded to our race at the time of our creation. So chew on that. Hero, hero, take a breath, man. (laughs) By the way, I love, for those who don't know, Hero's Skype avatar uh, (laughs) avatar is is currently... uh, Smithers from The Simpsons as Deep Throat. <laughs> Completely so in shadow, that, smoking a cigarette. So all of that was highlighted for us. Yeah. I I don't understand what this book's about. I think, okay, I have a theory. This guy's a paradox. He is both <laughs> an atheist... Equinox. <laughs> ...and a heavy Christian. He is, he is both for God and for science. And he also... God science. Exactly. 
part god, part science, part man, part myth. He walks in two worlds, but is master of both. He is the Highlander. <laughs> you went in that way too goddamn quickly. Um, why did they have this book? I don't know. You should really ask that question. I, I would look this book up on the internet, but I'm afraid I wouldn't be able to find anything on it. No, you you you'd be put on a blacklist. Like there is no Doctor E. Galen McCullough. It's like Videodrome or something. <laughs> it's like Have the you- monkey's paw. What if Hero accidentally found the manifesto for the Illuminati? Hero, I want you to do, do me do something. Put your hand on the cover of the book, close your eyes, and make a wish. Fantasia. Oh, well, we just wait and see. Yeah. What'd you wish for? Fantasia. Well, like I always wish for Fantasia. I mean, you could have wished for something more practical. What is more practical than Fantasia? Uh, okay. Okay. From Genesis, it appears that the first of our species were hybrid angels, metaphysical beings of a terrestrial and an extraterrestrial origin. (laughs) Then, as depicted in the art on the front cover of the book, the race lost its wings. I was going into the shit here. Wait, wait, wait. He's saying angels are aliens? I I mean, I've heard that before. I respect that theory. I mean, I, I like that theory. It sounds cool. But I don't know what this guy's talking about still. I respect that theory. I think it's very middle. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I, I would accept everything in the Bible if it turned out just to be aliens. Because <laughs> I believe in aliens. I don't believe in God. In a creative evolution sense, we are who we are because of who we choose to be. When we choose to become... What the fuck does that even mean? Did you just quote the Green Goblin? Yes! This phenomenon is part of a more far-reaching stream of thought that is being introduced for the first time in this book. I elected to call it the McCullough Theory of Divinely Engineered Creative Evolution. Of course that's what it is. Is this guy Destro? I think so. I think this was written by <laughs> Dr. Volars. It's, it's a nihilist. I, mindbender? <laughs> the, follow, the following is a synopsis of the research and revelations <laughs> that this includes. <laughs> by the way, he's quoting his own research here. Like, instead of just saying it, he's saying, here's something I wrote in a paper that led me to believe my own work. Oh, here, imagine before, him like, before you start quoting this, can you move paper around? Like you're like you're taking it out? Thank you. Thank you. Let <clears throat> me light my pipe. <laughs> Sing that with that avatar. <laughs> The human beings, the reflection of the cosmos, intelligently designed as the earthly extension of a universal life force. Like other life forms, Homo sapiens display an ability. That was Magneto. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that just made me think of Zardoz. (laughs) 
Homo sapiens display an ability to react and adapt to our surroundings, instinctively and systematically modifying ourselves in an attempt to become what is required to sustain us, a process of needs-driven or secondary evolution. However, within the ascending ladder of life, in all caps, humankind demonstrates an additional trait not displayed by other earthly specimens. Now, beyond its capacity for secondary, needs-driven evolution, the human being personifies godlike attributes, namely that of primary or choice-driven evolution, the kind that allows us to create a world of our own choosing. The choosing. The species of which each of us is a part remains genealogically linked to its origin, Adam and Eve. Hybrid angels, physically and spiritually endowed in the image and likeness of God. Through purposeful reasoning and by exercising free will, humans, both individually and in a group sense, may choose to become willfully modified versions of our previous selves. In this regard, man possesses the ability and duty to participate in both creation and evolution. Therefore, it can be concluded that man is both a product of and participant in a multidimensional celestial undertaking that has conceived and designed been conceived and designed by an omnipotent God and created with the assistance and of an ascending hierarchy of angels to which past, present, and future renditions of Homo sapiens remain connected. An endeavor of such magnitude one of making man from both physical and metaphysical elements of the cosmos may be described as divinely engineered creative evolution. See how he turned it back around on itself right there? That's what we in the industry call a callback. Okay. I you know what's weird? From a philosophy standpoint, that's fascinating. <laughs> From a lot of standpoints, that's fascinating. We became our own gods. That's If he didn't tie it back around to gods somehow, I would be all for that. <laughs> that's what disgusts you. It's a fascinating idea, but he's just crazy. I, I think I figured out who this is, actually. Hitler. <laughs> it's the plot twist at the very end. Get to mean, the very he's, last he's page. Talking about, he's talking Hitler. about perfecting... Like, us being our own gods, like, that would totally be something that he would say. Oh, no, Hitler Hitler was just all for the Germans being their own gods. Well, right, but he doesn't see, like, any other... The, the, you know, descended from Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's Aquaman. Hitler was Aquaman. <laughs> or Namor, either one. Secrets Namor revealed. fits. So, I've, never seen, I've never seen Hitler in a Speedo. We never once saw uh, Hitler and Ocean Master in the same room before. (laughs) Poor suicidal Ocean Master. (laughs) So, okay. There's more. (laughs) Do we have any idea what this is? No. Let's wait. Let's wait to to finish the preface first. Let him put up his (laughs) thesis. I'm still on the first (laughs) one. Two pages. You have got to skip to the end after this. As you read, let us make man. Imagine, if you will, a garden-like world in which God resides in a concert with his new and old angels, a Shangri-La of 
feasts and harmony, a world void of chaos and discord, a world in which jealousy, greed, pain, and suffering are non-existent. Now he's back to Christian shit. In fact, consider the possibility that there are many worlds similar to our own, like us. (laughs) The multiverse. Now he's back on weird science stuff. And are seeking the connection that binds us to them. Do not discount the possibility, oh no, if man possesses the capacity to envision heaven through choice-driven evolution, man must possess the ability to help create it. Why else would God have displaced a team of angels to colonize Earth with our kind? The A-team of angels. (laughs) Why have you and I been summoned to join the Odyssey? Surely some enlightened generation of humankind will rise to the challenge and initiate the process of reestablishing the God-man relationship. You're vaguely Cowboy <laughs> Bob, by the way. As it was in the beginning when, <laughs> at least for a short while, in a place called Eden that was heaven on Earth. Who will accept this challenge? Not us. Who? Not now. N. Table oh. of <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I didn't realize I wasn't to the table of contents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. New episode title, Table of Contents. <laughs> in, con- in the interest of conserving time, I'm now just going to read the table of contents. <laughs> Introduction. Eden Tarmageddon. Part 1, One Man's Reality. Chapter 1, Division and Reunification. 2, Who and What to Believe. 3, The Inner Voice. 4, The Battle for the Minds and Souls of Men. 5, Anatomy of a Theory. Stop right there, because I have another theory. Dr. Manhattan. (laughs) It makes sense. That sounds like something that would be in the Dr. Manhattan chapter of Watchmen. The, re- the battle for the minds and souls of men. Six, understanding self and non-self. Seven, the overlooked factors of our existence. Eight, the Ten Commandments of Creative Evolution. Nine, the rise and fall of paradigms. The name of my autobiography. Paradigms. No, it actually says paradigms. Really? Alright. Ten. I don't think the spell correct was too good on this. Uh, The path of universal enlightenment. The great unknown. The art of scientific deduction. (laughs) 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 The most beautiful thing I've ever seen. (laughs) The art of scientific deduction. In a book about angels, too. (laughs) Part two. Made to evolve. One cosmic family. Close encounters of the fourth kind. Mankind on trial. Doors that only appear to be locked. It just sounds like a self-help book. The power of myth and reality. The great experiment of divinely engineered creative evolution. The greatest gift in how to use it. Part three. The angel's revelation. A, a life-defining epic. See, here's what's fascinating to me. Part one, Christian. Part two, science. Part three, Christian. <laughs> It's a weird pattern that's going on. Is there like two people writing this book? I think so. I I mean, if it's one guy, it's fascinating that he's just like I'm. I'm just covering all the angles here. <laughs> like, 
I don't want to be wrong, so <laughs> I'm just covering all the angles. My book's going to represent all viewpoints at once. <laughs> In a single sentence at all times. It makes no sense. All right, now I'm just going to pick a random passage on a random page and see where we are. Even greater expectations. The dilemmas that we face as individuals and as a species are, will man ever be as godlike as man once was? Could we be more godlike as we once were? Will you and I ever be as godlike as we are capable of being? These two are some of the mysteries worth exploring. He's just covering all of his bases by just asking the questions constantly. Here's questions from every possible direction. Does God think I look fat in this? <laughs> Do I look too fat for God? Is What's God go- fatter than I? <laughs> what is God's idea of a perfect Saturday? <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Dr. E. Galen McCullough. <laughs> All right, you, you skip to the like. Skip. Is there like a final thoughts at the very end or something? And I'll skip to something I have. How many pages is this? This book is four hundred and twenty-nine pages. <laughs> Jesus Christ! To summarize my final thoughts, shit be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna read the opening paragraph of chapter eighteen: self-evolution. It is difficult to put the experience of living into a string of words that give it justice. (laughs) However... Is he a robot? (laughs) However, my own definition of life is a state of being confirmed by the self-awareness and participation in the coexistence of self and not self. The Borg. Become assimilated. (laughs) I... I still don't know what the okay. fuck this book's about. No, I don't. Okay, flip to another page I have noted. The possible and the probable. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I really don't want to offend anybody with this. <laughs> Chapter 7, Listen. what is and what is not. <laughs> Listen, you don't even have to read if you don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you your money back. This is totally this guy is just a giant coward. (laughs) There's a CD of the audiobook if you don't want to read. If you don't want to hear my voice, it's Alan Alda. (laughs) (laughs) It is not possible to fully understand what makes us man without exploring both the known and unknown origin and history of mankind. We must engage our biological computers, log on to the network of the heavens, and anticipate a reply. Go type in your password. We must all collectively poke God on the great Facebook of the cosmos. I like how he's making analogies now, just to seem hip. You put in your AOL disk to the heavens. In the pursuit of objectives, one has to expect the unexpected. This is an italics, like it's extremely important. And be prepared for anything that crosses one's path. But you should yeah. not expect the unexpected, but only unexpect the expected. 
<laughs> and also always wear a clean pair of underpants. <laughs> Unless that's not your thing, then wear no underpants. If you and I were to encounter our creator or creators, <laughs> the answer to every question we ever had, be they he or she, the answers to every question we had ever pondered would have suddenly flow into our minds like flood waters through a broken dam. Would that mental capacity we possess as humans allow us to harness and decipher the messages? Probably not. <laughs> I just wasted your time there. Don't you look foolish. <laughs> I can't get over that. That's so stupid. (laughs) It's like hypothetical Alfred the book. (laughs) Okay, moving forward to chapter 28. The Celestial Zero. (laughs) Mike, pay attention. As we work our way toward the end of this venture, and for me to complete my theory on creative evolution, it will be necessary to become a bit more technical about the miracles that have been revealed. Although members of an advanced civilization that once inhabited Earth knew how to manipulate genetic codes and implant fetuses... (laughs) It has taken millions of years for scientists to begin to understand what we once well understood. Okay, now he's just talking about Atlantis. (laughs) Now, as you know, Mars was great. I was going to do that joke. (laughs) At long last... Mankind opened its minds and eyes and looked on both sides of zero. The dividing line between matter and antimatter, between parallel universes, between dimensions beyond R4, between the known and unknown mysteries of our universe. Are you talking about 3D movies? <laughs> they found the third dimension. <laughs> I watched up in it. James Cameron is the arbiter of the human race. (laughs) Avatar has revolutionized the way we look at the heavens. My celestial being met Noah. As played by Russell (laughs) Crowe. In 3D. The theater, it just turns out it's just Warner Brothers (laughs) writing the book. It's just a weird tie in. A viral campaign. I could see Darren Aronofsky writing this. (laughs) Oh my god. Not only is interdimensional life real, existence and intelligence are symbiotic. One dimension depends upon the other like layers on a great cake. And because they do, existence and intelligence are capable of being both created and destroyed by their beholders. The entire existence also seems to be built on dichotomies. <laughs> Opposites competing for an identity on the ethereal side of zero, as well as on the physical side. For all matter, there exists antimatter. For every action, there is a reaction. For every positive, there is a negative. For every plus, there is a minus. 
For every Friday, there was a next Friday. <laughs> For every Superman, there was a Lex Luthor. You For every house point. party one, there was a house party two. And something. My mind is blown. And something. Or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. Listen, let's take into account I could be wrong about all this right now. I might not Listen, even son. be a doctor. <laughs> Listen, let's say whoever signed my degree was a crackpot. You didn't no, think I'm about that before you that. read the book now, did you? This may not even be a book. Oh, look that! There's nothing in your hands now! Oh, I'm just fooling you. <laughs> okay. And something, or nothing, must serve as a dividing line between the two opposing but equal forces of or universes. That point of reference is represented in the universal language of mathematics by zero. Hero, can I ask you a question? Yes. The paper in this book, is it made out of some kind of metal? I think it's made of human skin. No. I was really hoping it was made of some kind of metal and you had to build an interoster. would <laughs> be amazing. There. <laughs> we go to Metal Luna. <laughs> the three of us go to Metal Luna. Flexo, we're going to Metal Luna. Well, I never met a Luna I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> He's already packed. <laughs> okay, I just want to re-examine that last sentence. Something or nothing must deser- must serve as a dividing line between the two opposing but equal forces, or universes. It's like, something could, but nothing might. N- but that doesn't make any sense. Nothing must serve as a dividing line. Or everything. It's like, the idea of nothing serves as a dividing line, right? Right? Right, my stuffed animals, right? <laughs> Lamb chop, speak to me. <laughs> okay, almost done here. We Hoping only have cha- six hundred more pages to go. Looking at chapter thirty-five, miracle of miracles. <laughs> I just imagine him. It's like it's a wonderful life. I like that I keep flipping towards huge chunks of pages, but he keeps saying it's the end of the book. <laughs> Halfway through, he says, we're almost near the end. We are approaching the end of an ambitious undertaking. One where we have attempted to solve the mystery surrounding the creative evolution of man. Our venture into the unknown began with the review of Genesis 126. In the process of exploring our cosmic genealogy, we have had to look at the mystery of what makes us man. After you have pondered these ending pages, I urge you to reread part three, The Angel's Revelation. Go ahead, I'll wait. Just it just, it just read on the page. Dot 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 dot. It goes on for Ash. thirty pages. Are you back? I've been did you have as much fun as I did. <laughs> <laughs> this next part. As you experience the interactive conversation I am having with my guide, have one with yours. <laughs> While you do so, consider the far-reaching implications of my theory of circular evolution. This time, read both the written lines and between them. But don't read the lines at all. 
Is he telling them to to uncover conspiracies in his own right? <laughs> I could be an agent of chaos. You don't know. Gay writes, I have briefly mentioned people, places, writings, and events that lend support to the theories that I have set forth. I hope that you will find some of the messages within the message. Free your mind and call upon something greater than yourself. Begin with the angel that resides inside of you, and do not be afraid. Your inner self is connected with the universal mind of God. It's perfect purposes to guide you through your earthly experience, so ask it for insight. And when you do, it is my sincere hope that visions addressing your own purpose on Earth will be revealed. Okay. Clarity so is, is all I seek. Join with me and Still bring going it to light. Go. Go. Okay. He's I a man possessed. Last one. I'm sorry. I... Okay, is this just telling us to essentially create our own alternate personality. I think so. Like, it's essentially promoting like, multiple Am personality I disorder. Am I create your alternate personality? Maybe I'm not. By which I can guide you to assassinate the president. <laughs> <laughs> but what's president? Of the United States or of the world, of the could universe, it could be the president of a corporation. It could be the president of your local debate club. There are so many presidents to choose from. It is part of God's bounty. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. He needs to be a recurring character. He needs a better name. Yeah, agreed. Doctor E. Dr. E. Dr. E. Galen McCullough. Let's just call him Dr. E. McCullough. The madman, Dr. E. You know what Destro's last name is? McCullough. My God. So I'm just saying. Well, actually, it's McCullough, but whatever. Close enough. Close enough. What Mike just did, he read between the lines. <laughs> this, but you need to uncover the sinister conspiracy of Dr. E. Galen. <laughs> Doc Galen. Imagine him busting in, you've read too far, no, too much. Just shoves a pillow over my face. Die! <laughs> I must kill the angel within you. You know everything, and yet, nothing. He just pulls a pillow off my face. Oh, will you not die today? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps I... He just starts backing out of the room. Perhaps He's I will like come a... another day, and your life will just cease to be. Perhaps He's like a doctor oh. no who can't make up his mind. <laughs> <laughs> the unsure Dr. E. <laughs> this is his last name, Galen. Is that it? Dr. Gal- e. Galen McCullough. What was the, um, what's the name of the town in Chilling the Corn? Was it Gatlin or Galen? I think it's Gatlin. That's true. Just reaching for anything that would be Chilling the Corn related here. <laughs> That'd be awesome if he's actually just talking about the ma- the one who walks behind the rose. <laughs> Hey, do we still not know what this is about? No. No. I don't think he wants us to know because he doesn't want to upset us. (laughs) It reads like stereo instructions. (laughs) 
Um, they didn't even get into the Archangel Metatron. Oh, that's uh, we'll, 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 there'll probably be a sequel to this. We'll have to get deep into this book. I'll actually have to read this. You will like conduct reports. I want you to like get make a v- review for it. I discover the angel within myself. <laughs> Next time we see a hero, his his head's bald. He burned a symbol into his forehead. He's wearing robes. Hello. <laughs> I am Gabrielle now. He's very <laughs> passive. He's very passive aggressive. You cannot Wasn't call the angel me named Gabriel? Gabriel. My angel's named Gabrielle. <laughs> I'm making a lot of changes. Okay. It's hero. not just the angel thing. Here are those boobs. They're angel boobs. Of the lasers. <laughs> Draw sex. <laughs> Draw sex. Um. <laughs> um. So anyway, that was. <laughs> <laughs> that was Hero's rec- recurring segment: philosophy with Hero. That was here. That was Hero's recurring segment. Think about it, Hero. Think about it, Hero. I now want that. I now want to make that a recurring segment where we just discuss philosophy. <laughs> crazy philosophy. That's from this book. <laughs> I don't know. Do we even have time for the other thing now? I like we've been recording. Uh, forty-nine minutes and fifty-four seconds. By the way, if this episode ends up being shorter, then ignore that, listener. We can just cut that out. <laughs> just cut Hero out entirely. Hero, just leave. I just meant you can cut out the, us discussing the episode. No, no. Uh, I'm, no. I like, I like to peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Don't know. look at me! Don't look at me! <laughs> uh, we're not at 50 minutes. So, um, yeah. I don't know if we have... I don't know. I just don't know if we have time. Maybe we can do one. That's not going to take that long. That is true. Yeah. All right, I'll just go th- go through the idea real quick. I, I I was struck on my head. With a vision. And I drew this. Oh. And we go back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, last night I came up with the idea. I want MB to do a uh, dramatic reading of something. And I spent... It was at 2 a.m. I spent hour and a half transcribing things, looking up transcripts. And that thing that I want MB to do dramatic reading of is promos from the Ultimate Warrior. There's no reason for this. No given reason. No. Beyond Hero, like, wanting to do it. Yeah, Hero, do the Ultimate Warrior thing. I don't know the Ultimate Warrior's theme music. God damn it. Alright, anyway. I'm not you, Mike. Yeah, isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. I wanted MB to do this. And we can do it any way he wants. But I just have a couple. I don't know how if we'll have time for all of them, but I'll at least throw one out there. Um, so let me go ahead and show them to MB. Hero, uh, just flip some pages around. Oh. Hey, you like that one? And maybe we oh. can do like a, a sing-along thing. You, know, you, you folks at home can, you know, talk along with him. 
He can do this any way he wants. He can do him as Bane. He can do him dramatically. He can do him as Batman. I don't care. How about I do a different one for every uh, paragraph? That will also be good. Entirely up to you, MB. All right. So you just want me to start right off the bat? Uh, whatever you want to do. It's performance art, as far as I'm concerned. You Look in every new. direction, Macho King. <laughs> Search all parts, <laughs> all corners of your normal universe. Look above, but you will never see my god. <laughs> Look down, for you shall see the skeletons of warriors that have already fallen. But you will not, Macho King. That's who we're looking for. For all Royal Rumble, you came to take something away. But you left something much more valuable behind. Lodge behind my skull, Macho King. <laughs> Was a piece of the crystal of your kingdom. Your madness, the size of a tangerine. <laughs> that piece of crystal you're searching for, that one last piece... They said, but warrior, it's lodged inside your skull. I said, sew it in. Leave it where it lays. The man wants it. If the Macho King gets it, <laughs> let him take it at WrestleMania 7. For uh, within that one piece of the crystal, Macho King, that you so desperately seek, in and searching for, lies your past. Where's your future? And lies today. <laughs> I see you lie, Macho King. I see you lie at WrestleMania 7, before me as I stand. Not lay on top of you, but stand above you, as I end your career. That was surprising. How did you pick the perfect voice for each line? I don't. There wasn't like a process by which I chose those. those you voices. picked the perfect line to do flexo on. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? It was the first time you've read this. You've never even heard this promo before. No, I haven't. How the fuck is that possible? Okay. Um. <laughs> Um, I think you did Sean Connery for a second there. Too. <laughs> you yeah. did, yeah. And, yeah. And I could Sean Connery, which is surprising. And I'm so surprised you didn't get flustered just by reading that thing. I nearly lost it with the Batman thing. Like I, I just like two lines in, I realized I couldn't do that. I could have sworn you were going to lot, you were going to lose it um, when, by the time you got to the to the point. They said, "But warrior, it's lodged inside your skull." <laughs> I thought there's no way anyone's going to be able to say that straight faced. By the way, Bane saying Macho King is the question. <laughs> macho King. Lost my skull, Macho King. Alright, now, now we got to do the rest. <laughs> Where do we I go don't think I can that, do another one. <laughs> okay, I, I will do another one as Dr. E. Okay. Alright, should I pick a longer one or a shorter one? Uh, whichever one is crazier <laughs> and more philosophical. 
That's um, okay. I, I can find a philosophical one. <laughs> okay, I got a perfect one for Doctor E. Uh, sorry, I'm slightly off mic. By the way, um, off mic. A new podcast coming sh- soon to be <laughs> Stop making that goddamn joke. It's gonna happen one day. All right, there you go. All right, so dramatic gulp of Wait. water. Oh yeah, should do one of the sexy eighties guy. <clears throat> <laughs> I keep losing my place. <laughs> you are nothing but a normal. You don't deserve to breathe the same air that I and Hulk Hogan do. Hulk Hogan, I must ask you now as you asked me, do you, Hulk Hogan, want your ideas, your beliefs to live forever? For Hulk Hogan, in this normal world, physically none of us can live forever. Mm. And the places that you have taken, the Hulkamaniacs, the ideas and beliefs that you have given them can live through me. Hulk Hogan. That is why I breathe. That is why the warriors have come. Hulk Hogan, there is... There are ones that question where you are taking them. Do you no longer want to walk or step into the darkness? Hulk Hogan, that darkness I speak of is nothing to fear. It is about the beliefs of accepting any and all challenges at the cost of losing everything, Hulk Hogan. You have lived, Hulk Hogan, for the past five WrestleManias for this one belief. Now... Hulk Hogan, I come to take what you believe in further than you ever could. I come, Hulk Hogan, not to destroy the Hulkamaniacs and Hulkamania. I come, Hulk Hogan, to bring the warriors and Hulkamaniacs together as we, Hulk Hogan, accept the challenges with all of the strength of the warriors and the Hulkamaniacs together. Hulk Hogan... Colors of the Hulkamaniacs are coming through the pores of my skin. And Hulk Hogan, when we meet, Hulk Hogan, I will look at you, and you will realize that I have come to do no harm, but only, Hulk Hogan, to take what we both believe to places it shall never have been. Sigh. I was that one was perfect for that voice too. It was. Uh, you, never sad, lost, I, you never lost. You never lost with it. I am sad you you did uh, miss up that the one perfect Ultimate Warrior line. Come to do no one no harm. I think you <laughs> went into like Isaac for a second. I think so. I went into a fugue state with that. Oh, you're thinking the core now, huh? Hmm. <laughs> Oh, look oh God, who's come Clint. crawling back, little miss. I'm too good for corn. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, love that it's a perfect Mr. E speech because he contradicts himself. <laughs> no, it's perfect. <laughs> He's constantly asking questions and contradicting himself. And says Hulk Hogan 50 times. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. I got two more. <laughs> I will do one as sexy 80s guy. All right. Do you want the the? Uh, they're both not really that long, but do you want the shorter one or the longer one? Uh, give me the shorter one because my voice is about to blow out. <laughs> <clears throat> then I really want to hear just Bane do the uh, the longer one. Oh, believe me, it will happen. Acting water. <laughs> Action water. 
water climbs up steps. <laughs> water training. Dun 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 dun. Oh yeah, as the gas tank that you run on shows empty, ravishing Rick Rude, you now understand that you can no longer run and hide. That the magnet that the warriors put around the intercontinental belt shall bring it back to where it belongs. Frickin' a bam! <laughs> For you cannot handle the responsibility, oh no. But maybe the biggest challenge that has come upon us warriors is the thing I speak of. The ten foot... 15,000-pound Andre the Giant. The man that has walked among the WWF like no other normal. But you know that we don't live by the normals. We don't live by the rules. We shall conquer that giant. And fuck his sexy ass. (laughs) I love that promo because it seems to start and then end in a completely different place. (laughs) Like there's no segue here. Well, the Ultimate Warrior thinks that Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan are the same person. <laughs> I love how se- sexy 80s guy saying ravishing Rick Rude was like the highlight of my night. I like how he just throws in Rick Rude for no reason. <laughs> He's just yelling at people who are in the audience. Alright, and here's the one for Bane. I, Hulk Hogan, have a question... To answer your question, as you, Hulk Hogan, travel to WrestleMania by conventional means, the normals you travel with experience malfunctions. (laughs) As you realize that all that's left is total self-destruction, you, Hulk Hogan, show self-pity. Do you, Hulk Hogan, try to reason why... Do you, Hulk Hogan, try to comfort the normals that have been in, that have even more fear than you? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, kick the cockpit's door down? <laughs> Take the two pilots and go Take the two pilots that have already made the sacrifice so that you can face the challenge. Dispose of them, Hulk Hogan. Assume the controls, Hulk Hogan. Shove (laughs) Shove that control into a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Push yourself into total self-destruction. As you realize, Hulk Hogan, that you are about to enter a world close... To cuts unknown, our spirit warriors, do you, Hulk Hogan, look for a place to hide? Or do you, Hulk Hogan, face the challenge that may be more powerful than even you are, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> you, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct so that you will know, Hulk Hogan, who is the chosen one. For Hulk Hogan... I am not the chosen one that you speak of. I am not. I, Hulk Hogan, am the only one with the necessary evil. So did you realize there was the plane thing in there when you said the pain? No. (laughs) I I fucking lost. (laughs) That's why I wanted to say it is bad so badly. 
I totally thought you were about to slip in there. And then I will crash this plane. <laughs> With no survivors. <laughs> Holy fuck. I want to somehow make this a regular segment. Just Bane as Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Just replace Hulk Hogan with Batman. But <laughs> <laughs> he says he's going to break Hogan. He does! <clears throat> and calls himself the only one. I love how often he says Hulk Hogan, by the way. He keeps having to remind himself who he's talking to. <laughs> Oh, man. And now the Ultimate Warrior is a conservative blogger. He is. It's really weird. He cuts promos on gays. <laughs> oh. And now... Well, that, was, that was a thing. <laughs> before we go, I will now do Hulk Hogan's heel turn speech. <laughs> oh, my God, you're so As the Mandarin. <laughs> I did it all for the kids. You fans can shove it, brother. That's all I got. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I, I'm saying this. I'm gonna gather more promos, and then we have to do an entire episode of just this, <laughs> just for the fuck of it. Let's do another wacky voices. voice episode. Yeah, why not? We can be different characters. I mean, can, imagine Bane, Ultimate Warrior, and then like Isaac Hulk Hogan doing a promo <laughs> together. No, Isaac as the Macho Man. Oh, that would be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you dig it, corn? <laughs> he sounds like Quint. I did kind of slip into Quint there. Oh, we sexy 80s guys. Balls. Sexy 80s guys, Macho Man would make more sense, though. <laughs> oh, ooh, yeah. Snag into a Slim Jim, baby. And sexy 80s guys is a flying elbow. It's amazing. Oh my god. That exceeded all my expectations. I just want to listen to I just want to listen to Bane doing that over and over again. Despite the the fact that twice I messed up. <laughs> it doesn't care. That's what it is for MB. Oh, this is a man. professional show. We fix things in post. Do we? Occasionally. Do you know how much Racism I have to edit out of Blow the Bible Belt. From you. Yeah. Just That's the off-top racism, though. <laughs> How many Batman conversations I have to edit out of Pulp Nightmare? You edit those out? I put them in a, a file just called Batman. Oh, thank God. Yeah. MB hacks into your computer and steals <laughs> it. At last. I figure I'm going to um, just use it as a big pitch meeting for us to direct the next Batman movie. Um, I don't understand. You want to make a Batman movie where Batman dies and is replaced by the ghost of Patrick Swayze? Yeah. Would you not watch that? Are you saying you don't like Patrick Swayze? You hate the dead. You're a son of a bitch. He died of cancer. <laughs> This is ridiculous. <laughs> this was a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> a joke nobody gets. Uh, so I guess that was that. 
I like how we're all exhausted now. <laughs> Even Mike, who did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I transcribed them all. I still you're going to say that, too. <laughs> uh, Batman vs. the Hurricane. Stay tuned for the next episode. Same pulp time. Same pulp channel. But what if what? the channels don't exist? Oh, my. <coughs> or you could listen to the Nerdist. WTF is a nice podcast. Uh, 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 uh. No. No. Well, we have to give other... them options. Options, yeah. Napier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other options are listen to Box Office Pulp. Movies, Madness, and Moxie. Listen to Below the Bible Belt. Listen to the Off-Pattern Podcast. And listen to Dork Nights. Or listen to a show about Superman. No, just listen to the other ones. Okay. (laughs) Superman? (laughs) Now I want to do a Superman-themed podcast. Someday. But, uh, or maybe another day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end this goddamn episode, Dr. E. But there are limitless possibilities to explore or to leave alone. Got his goddamn mic. You can or, you me. Can, or you can let me talk for all time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's no better time to end it. Uh... This has been this episode of Pulp Nightmare. I've been Mike. I've been MB. And I've been Hero. Have pleasant nightmares. Oh, lovely daydreams. Listen next week to another tale of the strange and terrifying. <laughs>